Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Straight cash, homie. You like that on 321? You like that? You like that? Yep. Kirk, man, Kirk is, he is a devoted man when it comes to trying to get in that. He's like me. I love ocean water. I don't want to be like, you know, swimming you like with the- sharks, but I like to just like stick half my body in the ocean oh. and just get that saltwater therapy. That I mean, dude, they went to the Bahamas or something for the bi-week yep. vacation. Yep. That dude with a torn Achilles crawled across the sand, crawled across the sand and into the ocean water. Just so now what happens if Kirk's crawling? I just want to get a little taste and all of a sudden like big wave and an undercurrent comes and he's got a torn Achilles like. I was a little nervous for for Kirk's health in that moment and safety, but saltwater therapy. It's you know what? Sometimes what you need. Actually, if that t- takes place, if you're a Vikings fan, it's okay because what, the, his like contract's Kirk getting up. swept away with it. Yeah, because his contract's <laughs> up. Tide, I'm only thinking coming about he's, he's the tide comes in. It's like an, contract's it, up. It's an undercurrent sweeping him away to the Falcons to be, to be their quarterback. No more contract. Sweeping away to be the I no joke, man. The Patriots starting quarterback. No, I, I, I do no not joke. Like, and just to be clear, the ocean scares me. I want no part of it. Probably like one of the not dumbest things. I thought I was being smart here. So just a quick story. Oh. I went to Hawaii with my family like six years ago. And one of the things everyone wanted to surf. I said, no, I'm not great in the water past like to Phil's point. I'm not a great swimmer. Let's just call it that. I'm not a great swimmer. So why the hell would I go surfing? So that was fine. I was the one who stayed back. But that meant I was in charge of three minions on a beach. I was in charge of three of my nephews on a beach, which actually, again, on paper, I was like, I would rather do that than surf. But then all of a sudden, this tide comes in, and the lifeguard on a Hawaiian beach was like, are these your kids? And I was like, well, they're my nephews. And he goes, get them up. Otherwise, a high tide's going to pull them in. So then I'm thinking, man, I should have wow. swept surfing. I almost I either was in charge of these you kids' lives your nephews, or I almost man. killed no. my nephews. So I'm next time I'm going surfing. Here. You know what? No. One great call because you are right. <laughs> surfing is dangerous. Like, like it is dangerous. So you were right, but 
But what I I would have said your mistake was not saying to your sister probably these are your kids. That's the ocean. You watch them. Those your kids <laughs> are on their own. This is, you, hey, this is no, your decision. No, kids are on their own. They're your kids. Okay? They're your kids. Why would uh, Why would Declan be in charge? Like that's I'm a, a dangerous situation. I'm a great uncle. I'm, I'm good. Uncle at I think you're. I think you're a fantastic. Hey kids, uncle. let's just go swimming with Uncle Dex. <laughs> yeah. oh but, but no, oh I would say I look. Died. Look, you chose to have kids. That's awesome. You watch them. I'm going to go back here and sit on the beach and enjoy myself. That's true. Yeah, I'm Team Dex here though. Did it on that. You know, before we get to this Brian Flores appreciation episode of Purple Daily. It's a good story. Which, uh, Brian Flores, there's an amazing story that our friend Kevin Seifert from ESPN.com wrote that we're going to dive. Basically, Brian Flores is, he's a visionary. He is, uh, he's a revolutionary. He is, uh, how many other wrestling games can I come up with? He's a, he's a, he's a master of thievery, but it's brilliant. Yeah, well, but it's it's what you do. Like nothing gets invented cold. Like oh, this is never exactly. You're always like iterating from different things and putting things together. So we'll get to that here. Shout out to our friends at Sound Story here. So this might be the perfect gift for your family, especially if you're worried about family members getting swept away in the ocean. You want to make sure you capture their stories before that happens. Yeah. (laughs) Back when I was a kid. Think of it like a podcast in which the guest is one of the most important people in your life. Could be your mom, your dad, your grandpa, your grandma. I've told you guys the story about I never met my grandfather. And uh, my, in fact, my grandmother on my other side of the family, she passed away when I was like three. So I don't remember their voices. I don't remember their stories. You know, to be able to capture that history in a professionally recorded setting, a studio video with a professional interviewer. Or me, I'm one of the listed professional interviewers on mysoundstory.com, where you can enter the promo code PURPLE to get 10% off a gift certificate for Sound Story. That's mysoundstory.com, promo code PURPLE. Go to the Minneapolis-St. Paul section. You can schedule with me. I would love to sit down and help you with this. 10% off a gift certificate from for Sound Story uh, with that promo code PURPLE. Sound Story for you, for them, forever. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read you this excerpt from Seifert's article and then jump in here with your thoughts and we can, we can go through this, but it highlights just how we know the work that Brian Flores has done is like, it's some of the best defensive coordinator work we've seen watching this football team for decades, literally took one of the worst defenses in the NFL, kind of gutted half the personnel, got rid of a bunch of veterans leaning on young, inexperienced players across the entire defense. And they've gone from like bottom three, bottom five in most categories to top 10 in many categories. And so here's the article. In his first season with the Vikings, Flores has achieved a rare feat, concocting a new NFL scheme with almost nobody noticing. Flores revealed in a recent ESPN interview that he incorporated a version of the defense popularized at the college level by Pittsburgh coach Pat uh, Pat Narduzzi, one that combines a six-man front with versions of zone coverage behind it. NFL teams historically use man coverage behind loaded fronts, and no one one that ESPN reached out to could remember a defense in the NFL that consistently did otherwise. The Vikings lead the NFL in frequency of zone coverage, 70%, according to ESPN stats and information. Remember the word was like, oh, it's going to be zero coverage. He's going to load up these fronts. And they're going to have to lean on man coverage on the back end, right? And the cornerbacks are screwed. That's what we said. 
And instead, he's concocted sort of this hybrid zone behind the loaded fronts. Yep. The scheme has fooled offenses, sometimes to comic levels. During a game last month in Atlanta, Viking safety Josh Patellas heard a Falcons coach yelling at him over and over that, hey, we got it. We got your scheme. We got it. He was completely wrong every time he said it, Metellus said. Nobody understands what we're doing here. The Vikings have used six-man fronts in ways rarely seen at the NFL level. Flores' defense has the league's highest rates by a wide margin in two philosophical opposites. They lead the league in blitzes by a wide margin, and they lead the league in just three-man rushes by a wide margin. Flores said, quote, What do we think is going to create angst for the offense and will force communication by them as the clock's winding down? They're trying to get 11 guys to communicate. It only takes one mistake to cut somebody loose on our defense. We just try to create as much of that communication on their end to figure out what we're trying to do as possible. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that story was was phenomenal, too. For Seifert to unearth that. Like, because we knew this was special. Like, there's no question. You don't take a defense and turn it from absolutely horse bleep into being pretty damn good without it being special. Um, But there's so much off of this. First of all, how about the fact that when Flores got the job, we all, rightfully so, looked at what he had done basically as head coach of the Dolphins, where, by the way, he had success defensively. Mm -hmm. But what he went and did is in his one year with Pitt, because those two teams play at the same stadium, uh, the Pitt, Pitt Panthers and the Steelers and are intertwined. He went and took the ideas for a college defensive scheme and incorporated into what he knew during his one year there. First of mm-hmm. all, that's damn impressive. It's not just smart. It's really impressive. He then, if you think about this, it makes perfect sense because the NFL offenses of today are conceptually stolen from a lot of the college game. In the last 50, you know, 10 to 15 years, the college game and ideas from that sport um, have been adopted by NFL offensive minds. Yeah. So what's smarter than to go say, OK, what, what's a college defense doing to try to combat that? I love that. This whole thing, though, to me, is such a nod to like Seifert finally crystallized. Like why this is special, like like why does Josh Metellus work so well? Because. Yes, Flores and the Vikings jettisoned some veteran players, but it's not like they redid this whole thing. I mean, Daniil Hunter played last year, so it's not like, okay, here's the key. The Vikings got Harrison Smith back after a year of being hurt. No, it's basically basically the concept of of this. And I'll go back to, and they, they did lose, but it was not the defense's fault, in my opinion, the Bears game where they have three active cornerbacks and you're like, what the hell? Like, what are they going to do? How, how do you play nickel with three corners? If a guy gets hurt, they didn't need more than three because they were using safeties. And, and the idea of zone behind the six man front, which just sounds like football porn. First of all, football, like when you think about that, um, is just so next level interesting. And, like, we used to talk about Zimmer, right? The A-gap blitz and things like that. Not to put that down, but it seems to me, in reading Seifert's piece, the A-gap blitz is like, um, you know, what, geometry? 
Well, and a lot of teams Cal- are doing it now, or they're and showing the, is, do- the double barrels look yeah. at least to make you account for it. Yeah, and yeah. this is absolute calculus. Like when you're talking about playing a concept of zone when it should be man, and teams are like, "What?" And the last thing is the reason Arthur Smith, reason five hundred, this buffoon should be fired is because of the fact that his staff was like, "We figured it out," and Metellus like, "No, no, you really didn't." But that's cool. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm trying to think of an example, but. You never, we were talking about this kind of, you know, right at the top or before the show. I can't remember if we had the mics on or not, but you never really invent something from scratch in, in 2023. Yeah, you borrow. You know, yeah, I try to think of the last time in human history where like someone was sitting around and said, what if we, what if we made a round thing and attached it to an axle and like we, we, right. we create, it's called the wheel, right? Like everything has been invented largely and now we're building off concepts and so, you take 80% of something and say, oh, what if we added this to it? What if we combine this concept with this concept? Boom. What if for the iPhone, right? Like the iPhone is a, it's a large screen. It's a phone. It's internet, like computers, phones, electricity, like all these things existed before the iPhone. But Steve Jobs came in and said, what if we take like these six elements? And what if you had a phone that did all these different things, right? So Flores, or you go to a restaurant, you ever go to like a nice restaurant and you order something that's pretty standard, like avocado toast, but they put a twist on it. There's like brisket on it or like whatever. Like he's, he's not, he's not saying, oh, we're going to find a way to put 13 guys on the field for the first time in NFL history, or we're going to play zone defense for the first time, or we're going to, we're going to show, you know, NASCAR fronts. That's right. NASCAR fronts football at the line of scrimmage. But what if we took this element over here and this element over here that like standard protocol would say you're not supposed to do that? And what if we did it? Or what if we looked at this set of personnel and said, man, you know what? Josh Metellus, probably not going to put him on an island one-on-one covering guys. He was like a sixth-round pick. He might not be fast enough. And he's not even like really, he can't do the things that Harrison Smith does necessarily. But what if we just created a new role for him? We just, he's a, he's a new chess piece that... We, because you think in the NFL, you think we already know what the chess pieces do. And Harrison Smith was quoted in this article, too, of saying, when we were conceptualizing this during, like, OTAs, a lot of us were thinking, uh, that's interesting. You're not supposed to do that on defense. Right. That's a principle that we were told you're not supposed to do. Right. But if you get outside of, like, conventional thinking and your goal is to just stop opposing offenses with the personnel you have, for someone to be able to look at that Rubik's Cube differently the way that Flores has is, I mean, it's brilliant. And it shows you the difference between him and a guy like Ed Donatel who came in and said, this is the system. We're going to put these chess pieces onto this chessboard, And if it doesn't work, it's not the system's fault because the system has been proven to work in the past. Well, the goal isn't to get your system to work. The goal is to stop that offense from gaining yards and scoring points. Right? Yeah. And but what I love about this, and, and again, it proves that um, to be a, a successful coach, a lot of times you, you have to be completely obsessed and have n- no life, is that Brian Flores was sticking around to watch Pitt Panther practices and then started to take the ideas like, like think like just think about the mad scientist here. Like he's watching a college. He's a he's a successful National Football League coach who decides yep. to dip into um pit panther i mean that's not exactly the creme de la creme that ain't going to watch bama practice right yeah and he and of course something. people are saying like well what you know, if you're gonna steal from pitch defense and let's go look pitch defense isn't very good but that's the that's the brilliance well, of it he's stealing and, from a non you know elite college defense and he, he clearly is stealing from a coach's mind or a coach's philosophy 
that he agrees with. But what is, in my opinion, then takes it to the next level is this portion. And I, I remember talking in, in one of the last combines I covered for the Strib. So it would have been about 2009 or so. I remember talking to Rick Spielman at the time, and I said, how do you scout guys now? Because this is when colleges were really going to wacky formations and stuff, which they mm-hmm. still do. Um, but the but the National Football League wasn't there yet, right? So I remember saying, how do you scout guys? Like, how do you watch tape intelligently when people are doing things that you guys don't do? And at the time, I thought wouldn't do. I was wrong. The National Football League did offensively. But what's smarter than to go down to the level at which they are doing these wacky things and find a coach who's addressed it and been like, okay, this works. And then the next thing is Flores get, gets here, and we talked about this going back to minicamp, and I remember getting notes from fans saying, they're just working on things. You're overblowing this. You get there and you see Josh Metellus on film as well, I, I would guess, okay? But you see Josh Metellus. This ain't Harrison Smith. Yeah, And you're like, this guy can do what I need him to do to make this system work. Like, we're talking levels of thinking here that um, that really excites me because this is what makes sports cool. This it's, is what makes sports great. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. It's it's brilliant, too, and in the since week four, so g- give the Vikings a month to, all right, we're going we're gonna to do some crazy stuff on defense. It's not going to be native to you guys. Trust me on this, and let's get through a month of the regular season and see what this looks like. So take out the first month where it did look a little clunkier, and they were giving up some yards, and like Tampa Bay and is ru- running up and down and the rushing field. yards too at the time. Yep, which they so fixed. Take the first month out, which to me is fair. All right, what yeah. does this defense look like when it's settled in since week four? Fifth in scoring defense, fifth in yards per play defense, third in success rate allowed third in expected points added, and second in defensive efficiency. So by all those measurements, it's a top five defense since the the first month of the season, basically. And, you know, in terms of like Brian Flores and, you know, his attempt to get a head coaching job here, we think he's probably going to get two or three more interviews, right? And we'll see what happens. But isn't this the type, just the type of adaptability? You want a few things with a head coach. You want someone that can stand in front of a room of 53 grown men and inspire them. And you got you to have the room. You can't just be a mad scientist with no communication abilities. Otherwise, you're a coordinator, right? He has shown the ability in Miami to be a head coach. So, so we think he has, I don't know that he's like the dynamic, you know, post-game speech giver that Kevin O'Connell is or Mike Tomlin. Like, we'll find out. But in terms of just adaptability and schematics and just playing chess as a head coach, what made Bill Belichick so great, Tom Brady for sure, but what made him so great as a defensive schemer going back to even going back to his Giants days in the 1980s as a coordinator, he didn't just have a scheme and said, this is my scheme and we're going to bring players into my scheme. He literally has spent Bill Belichick 30 or 40 years on the defensive side of the ball, week to week game planning. And Brian Flores, well, we, we talked about this before, when Joe Schmidt from Channel 5 asked him at the introductory press conference almost a year ago, all right, so do you run a 4-3 or a 3-4? 
And Brian says, "Who are we playing?" Right. You know, and then he, kinda, he he didn't he didn't go into too many details, but he was kind of like, "I don't run a three four or a four three. I look at what the circumstance is. If you're any team around the NFL, I feel like Kevin Seifert has sabotaged the Vikings' ability to keep Brian Flores now with this brilliant article that he wrote for ESPN.com. So bravo to Kevin. Yeah, it's definitely going to get get recognized. There, there's no question, and and I do feel. So I feel like he's the first one, though, to sort of unearth what we've been trying to, to talk about. Now, I don't know en- enough about football X's and O's to, to say, yeah, I saw that zone behind the six man front. Right. But like what we've known and we've known what we're watching. I, I mean, it's not a four, three. It's not a three, three, four. And and the other thing is the ability to to literally fine tune it. So go back to week two. Now. Mark Stavenport was supposed to play, and he was going to play an, an important role. That's the game, the Thursday night game in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And if you recall, he played like three or four snaps, got hurt, and that was done. And they got gouged in the run game. And if you guys recall, because there, there was one series in particular where Swift ran for, a, I think he ran for like, I don't know, 60 yards on the drive or something ridiculous yeah. and scored a touchdown. And if you guys recall, they were running through that defense like butter because part of it was the Vikings weren't employing any real defensive tackles. It it was this hybrid that they use, which essentially has Hunter is down. May, maybe another, uh, a Wanham is a down lineman, but there's no real defensive tackle presence and it didn't work. And they got gouged. And I'm like, that's really weird. Well, in retrospect now, they, they looked at that and fixed it. That's what's so impressive. So, like, mm-hmm. he literally – he didn't invent a defense, but he used a defense that that has concepts that do not or have not been used in this league and on the fly just continued to fix it. Like, that's the thing that's special. Like, if I'm, if I'm talking to a guy for a head coaching job, that's pretty damn impressive. I don't care if you're an offensive guy or defensive guy because, you know – what does this league do? They look at film and exploit what you don't do well. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you can do is then adjust, which sounds really, really simple and is not. Yep. So that's another thing that I, I think was a huge thing was, okay, th- it, this didn't work. Let's figure out the why it didn't work and make damn sure next time it works. And the other thing too, one more thing on just the X's and O's of this, and this would be this would be a great topic at some point for our guy Alex Boone or if we can get Football. Jeremiah back on too. That was funny, actually. If you missed trenches yesterday, uh, Alex brought Jeremiah Cyril's on board too. So we had two former NFL Vikings offensive linemen explaining to us idiots what was happening. But if you think about like the the basics of a zone defense, right? Or let's say you've got your just as basic as you can be, your four down linemen or your four rushers, and then you've got seven other players behind them, and each of those seven players is responsible for a spot or an area on the field, and that's the zone defense, right? Well, if you're going to start most of your defensive possessions with six or seven guys up on the line of scrimmage, all of them trying to confuse the offensive line, they're trying to figure out where do we slide protection, quarterbacks trying to figure out, you know, okay, if they bring this many, uh, am I going to have to throw to a hot receiver over here, right? So they're trying to they're trying to communicate and do math at uh, up at the front, right? But if you've got six or seven guys up on the line of scrimmage, well, that means you only have, let's say you have seven guys up. That means you only have four guys that are actually back in a position to play his own defense. 
So you need to get like two or three more guys back. So just the ability to know, okay, we're all up here now and we're, we're either coming or we're not, but then we know we're playing zone on the back end. So we have to bail back into an area, just the athletic, you know, the athletic ability and the, the IQ and to be able to think on your feet. I, I see how it can be dangerous because boy, if you don't get back to the right spot, there's a wide open wide receiver going across the field and now you're getting burned on the back end as opposed to playing man when you might have somebody attached to that receiver that's running. So I can see how principally like it would be really risky. And I wonder what I mean, it's probably personnel, right? It's probably he probably wouldn't do this without like some of the guys they have back there. It's safeties because they're they're the perfect choice because if if they show blitz and they blitz, it can work. But more importantly, if you know, if you have three safeties showing something and two bail back, they are a far better option to maintain their coverage than a linebacker is. Which is why Ivan mm-hmm. Pace has worked well because he's sort of a hybrid himself. He doesn't really like. I wouldn't look at Pace and say linebacker for sure. He can be a, a, a safety too. So the one thing you can't have is you can't have a, a bunch of Jordan Hicks, but when Hicks does play, he's effective because he's used in, in a particular role. And I think the biggest thing, I think if you go through this defense, the biggest thing that you will find that they put a premium premium on is probably smarts. Metellus Harrison Smith. Um, you've got a lot of very, very smart players, I think. And safeties are ordinarily pretty damn bright. Bynum seems to, to be a really smart dude. So I think that's the most important thing is the safeties provide you a literal hybrid position. And they also are probably some of your smartest guys. And yeah. I think without smarts, this thing probably fails miserably. Hey, here's a question for you guys before we get into our pigskin pecking order. And we're going to have Judd guess the PFF grades for the season this today. Football. This, this is not going to go well. If I gave you guys the choice of you can you can only have one of these people as a Viking for the next two years, Kirk Cousins coming back healthy, let's say, for a reasonable, let's say a reasonable amount of money, Daniil Hunter or Brian Flores, you can only pick one. The other two are mm. gone from your organization. Mm. <sighs> I, I'll do this. I'm going to pull a Judd on you. I'm going to rank them. I'm going to rank the three. I'm going to rank the three that I want. But number okay, one. Okay, then your number one means number the other one, two though. are gone. Right, yeah, the number one. Uh, I would put okay, number sure. one, Brian Flores. At this point, mm. Brian Flores. Because what he's been able to do with these random hodgepodge players is incredible. And Daniil Hunter, I think, makes some of the most impact on this defense, and he's having a great year. But Brian Flores is cooking with guys who had completely no experience or guys that we thought were afterthoughts. Like DJ Wanham has played 650 50 snaps this season on defense, and he's been incredible. Josh Metellus, yeah. 700 uh, snaps. Cam Bynum, who I think what we all knew was a decent player, but he's been elevated this newly absurd role, right? Like he has been able to take mostly random or inexperienced players and plug them into systems that really work for the Vikings. Um, so I would say I would take Flores one, Daniil Hunter two, Kirk Cousins three. That's how I would rank these. I would take Flores one, Daniil Hunter two, Kirk Cousins three. Judd? Yeah, Kirk is for sure my third one. So that, that's not a question mark um, because of his age. Ah, boy. <laughs> I, I mean, Daniil Hunter's had a phenomenal year, and, and I, I have completely flipped or changed my tune on Hunter returning here. 
But I think I'm with Declan. I, I think with what Flores has done, if I can bring him back, yeah. um, it's hard Crazy. not to. Like, I, I this this is the thing, you know? How many times in our lives have the Vikings lost, like, a really good OC or a DC, and we all think, well, they'll replace him with a guy from the staff, and it'll be the same. Yeah. And it, ne- and it never really is. Um, and I don't think that there's anyone on the Viking staff that I would just count on to make a seamless transition uh, to do – what Flores has done. And and I mean he is head coach defense. So yeah, I think I'm with Declan here. Brian Flores. I think it's three for three. I it, it's it's between Hard. I get that like the Vikings I don't want to dismiss their lack of stability at the most important position, which is quarterback, but I also you know I'm not in love with thirty six year old coming off an Achilles who's already not very yeah. mobile. So I do I do put Kirk third on this list. I'm interested in bringing him back depending on the circumstances, but I think it's Flores. I think the ability to take a collection of people and there there has to be a certain amount of talent and Daniel Hunter being on this defense is also a huge reason why this scheme works well. It's why you can rush three and bail eight and still get home and pressure because Daniel Hunter is awesome. But, you know, could you keep Flores for a couple of years and then maybe use the salary cap, uh, like the freed up money that you would have with Daniel Hunter walking to go bring somebody else in. Like I would probably rank Flores number one. So three for three. And the thing on Kirk too, is this on, on cousins and on O'Connell, if you are really worried that they can't replace Kirk cousins, then why did you hire Kevin O'Connell? Like he's here to find the next QB. He's here. Like this whole thing, the main reason he got the job, like if we're going to be like, oh my God, if they lose Kirk, they're screwed. They're screwed. I mean, the Josh Dobbs things proves that one, you acquired him at the deadline. Two, he is a career journeyman backup. Okay. But if you think to yourself, if they don't bring Cousins back, they're screwed, then hiring O'Connell was a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that I think from an ownership standpoint, the main reason O'Connell was hired was to take the group led by Kirk Cousins and go further than Mike Zimmer could bring them. It may be that your main priority for Kevin O'Connell was to find a new quarterback, but I think it's played out now after two years that clearly that wasn't their top priority when they hired him. They weren't thinking hire coach, draft quarterback, because they haven't done it yet. But but I'm challenging them to give this more thought than they do sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just saying I see the bigger picture. <laughs> okay. I like the Wilfs. They're nice people. They sure mean they're great well. guys. They're great guys. Sure they're great they're from people. Jersey. They're yeah. from Jersey. Who doesn't love people from Jersey? Yeah, but they could stand. I, I, a couple of those Wilfs maybe could stand to lose a little weight. Okay. I know Ziggy did. I saw Ziggy. Ziggy looks great. Are you kidding me? He man. looks great. In fact, you know what? Next time I see him, I'm going to say Zigmeister. Did you, did you take the sports dad plan? Right there, down 40 pounds, and join my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers because, Ziggy, you look like a guy who said, you know what, I I just heard the good news. The Black Friday offer has been extended. I joined and saved up to 50% because, you know what, rich people always looking to save. Again, I'll (laughs) tell you this right now. Livia, save up to 50%. (laughs) All you have to do to look like Sports Dad does right there, to look like Zygmunt does right now, go to Livia.com. That's L-I-V-E-A.com. Call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. A A limited time offer, so join now. Go to Minnesota's best weight loss program three years in a row. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Save the money, lose the weight, look great. You can get rich by making more money, but you can get even richer by saving money, right? That's 
That's what they would tell you. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. rich people so, are notoriously cheap, but I, just I admire it. be a freeloader. It. Be a freeloader, and you'll be rich. It'll be great. I admire it. Um, Zero Res also is here to help you, whether you're rich or not. Zero Res is here to offer you three rooms Zero Resified, starting at just $129. So if, you're, uh, if you've got family gatherings coming up in a couple of weeks and you don't want to do it yourself because this is a busy time of year, work, kids, plus, you know, it's just kind of a pain to clean your house thoroughly by yourself. Oh, Trust. not carpets. You're no, so right. especially, especially carpets. No, you Trust. can't do, I would argue you can't do your own carpets. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. I feel like we try when, like, we've moved out of different places, and then they wind up just, you, you wind up hiring someone anyways because yes. you fail. Yes. Let Zero Res handle it. Call Zero Res today for the Score North special. So three room Zero Resified, $129, 952-Zero-Res, or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Say you want the Score North special, okay? 952-Zero-Res, ZeroResMinnesota.com. Spell it forwards or backwards. It spells the same. Zero-Res. And for all of the dogs out there listening, okay? Okay, if you're... Like, this, oh. is, this is Maya. Very excited. Maya Mackie. Where's she going? Uh, this was her going to her uh, doggy hotel on one of our recent trips. Very excited. She loves hanging out with her friends. But uh, this is, or this is just her smiling, knowing that once she gets home, she's going to have a big old scoop of Nutrisource chicken and rice. Nutrisource, the official pet food of Purple Daily. Uh, that's girl right, right there, uh, Stella, who does not have her Nutrisource yet and is shaming Pop Pop yeah, as she often does. Yeah, well, she is scowling. She scowls at me a lot. We don't get along a lot of times. I love her, but we argue. And one of the things that we ar- argue about is how big a scoop of Nutrisource she gets. Oh, ha- Merry Christmas to the Vinster. And the Vinster loves the Christmas tree. It, it blo- You can kind of see there's a doorway. So in our like blueprint of our house, that is literally a dog yeah. room. It's it, There is a dog oh. bone over it, and that's where Classy. all of his toys are. So all of his toys are behind that tree. He didn't really like the tree at first because it was blocking his way. But if you just throw a Nutrisource treat into the closet, win-win, he gets the treat because he'll find it, and he gets his toys and becomes a very happy dog. That's NutrisourcePetFoods.com. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Who's a good boy? <laughs> Who's got his own room? Girl? So the Vinster's got his own he, room. He, I, but uh, just don't leave him in there. He doesn't like that. He just wants the door open so he can come and go. Stella as takes the whole house. Yeah. Yeah. Stella Stella don't care about Puts Judd in a room, is. actually, yeah. is how that works. Don't, yeah, I got my yeah. little room here. So, okay, let's start with the, uh, the pigskin pecking order here where we rank, all three of us, rank the top 10 teams in the National Football League, and then we put together our little aggregate, and we tell you where we think the Vikings rank. So, interesting change at the top here. You guys have finally seen the light. I've been on the 49ers here for four out. weeks. You guys called me an idiot. I didn't call you an idiot. No, we didn't call you an idiot. We just said you're a casual. Oh, you're a casual. No, no. Yeah. I knew this was coming. I was thinking <laughs> about that with Alex Boone, and now he's a huge San Francisco 49ers guy. I was hoping Philadelphia would rally just so I didn't have to hear this crap. But they didn't. So the number one team in the National Football League consensus across all three of us is the San Francisco 49ers. They destroy everybody. Home, road, it doesn't matter. Now, they've lost three games, but that's because Trent Williams was injured. So so the Vikings would would have gotten beat pretty soundly, you think, here by them if they had had Debo and Trent. I mean, Debo is unbelievable. Yep, yeah, they were without Debo and Trent Williams in that game against the Vikings. And, and McCaffrey they, fumbled on, on that first drive after the Vikings fumbled. And concussed yep. Brock Purdy like halfway through, too. So, yeah, there was a lot of things going, I think, in the Vikings. That's Brian Flores, baby. 
Brian Flores bringing the heat. Baltimore Ravens jump into the number two spot here in our pigskin packing order. Philadelphia Eagles slide down to three. Dolphins up to four, and the Chiefs now at five. So let's just go through here. We all have the same. No, we have, there's one difference. So, so Declan has the Chiefs at three. Judd, you and I had them at six. Okay. And then Dolphins, we had them at four and five. Uh, the the only real discrepancy besides Chiefs was was the Eagles. Judd has them two. I have them three. Declan has them four. So Declan moving Eagles down, but you still have faith in the Chiefs even after some weird performance. Yeah, I, 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 it's probably obviously not probably. It is the Patrick Mahomes uh, side and their defense. I know you know Jordan Love has been playing well, played well against them on Sunday Night Football. I just think that Chiefs team outside the wide receivers is actually a, still a really good team. So. I still have faith on a neutral site that that team can win a Super Bowl. Then we have the Cowboys at six. Cowboys love beating the brakes off the worst teams in the NFL. We'll Mm -hmm. see how they do against Philly again here. Detroit Lions, number seven. Jacksonville Jaguars moving, I think, down a touch eight here. I dropped into 10 after last night. Yeah. Yeah. We all had, by the way, the same 10 teams, just in different orders here. With the Texans at nine and the Bills at 10. So... Pretty pretty close, like only a couple little discrepancies between the three of us. And then we all have the Vikings, I think, in the same spot as last week, 14, 14, and 15. Hard to move them. Yeah. How close are the Packers to creeping into your I thought about it. But then I looked at the 10, and I said, ah, uh, not yet. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, like yeah. the next handful of teams, I think there's a discussion to be had starting at 11 with, like, Steelers. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Um, I mean, hell, even the Dude, Bengals, like, with a backup quarterback. The Colts are. Aren't the Colts, like, Colts? Seven and yes, five. seven and five, right? Yeah. Gardner. Yeah. They score How about the Rams? Points. The Rams have won Rams a bunch have, of games yeah, now. Yeah. All the teams you wanted to lose if you were a Vikings fan for playoff hopes, uh, all of them won on Sunday. Yep. So. Yeah. It was not a good day on Sunday. <laughs> You're good, so right. Man. It's not good. So there's your pigskin pecking order here on Football. Purple Daily. It's time now for Judd to guess the season total. It's a bye week here, so we're going to reflect on the season. We're looking for Judd's grizzled eye test as a longtime football media member Lead up against the pro football focus scouting grades. So we're going to start with the offense. We're looking for the three best and three worst graded Vikings offensive players. You get three total strikes to guess all six. And we'll draw the line at 200 total snaps on the season. So below that line would be like, like Ty Chandler's below that line. Cam Akers is below that line. Um, trying to think of other notable players. Yeah. CJ Ham technically is below that line. But if you're, if you're wondering about snap counts, you can ask me and I'll give you an honest answer. So top three, bottom three, if I can get to that for offense. Yep. Start and, there, uh, okay. and I will say Jeffer, Justin Jefferson did hit 200 snaps. If you choose to guess okay. him. Well, then I will guess him. Justin Jefferson, top three. He's number one, yeah. Yeah, that's not too hard. You know what? Actually, I think for a season-long thing like this, I also think that um, offensive line is going to have to factor in. So I'll say Christian Derrissaw in the top three. Christian Derrissaw, the third highest-graded offensive player. So Jefferson was an 89.9. Okay. Derrissaw, 85 out of 100, a 0 to 100 scale. So I'm, lo- I'm looking for number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Look at this guy. 
Look at wow. this guy. Three for three. 86.1, dude. Jefferson Cousins, Darisau. Low pitch. It's just top three. It, that was, well, wow. I feel pretty good about myself. Yeah, you now get I'll... you get Judd a 30,000-foot view, and he sees things pretty wow. clearly. Huh? He sees things very, very clearly. That's why I very privately consult for the Wilfs, because they just they oh, trust me. But they don't always listen to me. Uh, okay, bottom three. That's um, what you do. You pay consultants and then don't listen to them. I feel like that's... That's what, that's what your life is as a consultant. I'd love to be a consultant, by the way. If anybody needs a consultant, call me on something. Like, I'll be happy to consult. I charge a lot. Um, all right, bottom three offensively. Bottom three offensively. Got three strikes to play with here, too. This is that's good. Alexander Madison. Bottom Alexander three. Madison is the third worst graded offensive player. A 60.1 grade out of 100. Such an interesting discussion with Boone and Searles about him yesterday. And not and yeah. like like the thing I love about guys like that is they've been in rooms, right? Like they've been in locker rooms. They've been mm -hmm. like like we we don't know what we're looking at, but more importantly, I like to get the mentality because like we we've, we've never played professional the sports and like there's no Basically, what I took away from our conversation was there's no real reason why Madison continues to hold his role. Yeah, well, they, well, just lack of depth options. They don't love Chandler, obviously. They don't love his vision. But, yeah, one of the plays that we looked at, if, if it was just left up to us, it was one of the running plays. I think it was the first running play of the last drive of the game for the Vikings. And it was like a no gain or a two-yard gain or something. Right. And if you would have just asked me, I would have said, yeah, the offensive line just kind of, I don't know, they kind of look like they didn't really open up a hole there for Madison. And those guys, both, and those guys, by the way, will absolutely rip an offensive line. They're not just being like offensive line homers. Oh, no. They yeah. will call it like it is. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they said, no, dude, that's obviously you're not scoring a touchdown on this play, but that is a four or five-year gain if you just confidently hit the hole you're supposed to. And he decided to go rogue and went to the right. Right. You know, but if you're watching that, if you're just us, you're like, oh, I guess he just, you know. Just didn't have the blocking on that play. But right. well, that's not what's happening. So okay. three strikes to play looking for the other two worst-graded um, offensive players. Dalton Reisner. He's the worst-graded offensive player for the Vikings. A 53-grade on a 0-100 to 100 scale. But to his credit, he's always the first one down the field yeah. to congratulate and the skill position player for the big game. And loves a, loves a good sweet chin music. Just get that yep. big boot up in the air. Let's go. And it wow, looks like, you got three to play with here. And it looks like Ezra Cleveland playing pretty well for the Jaguars last night. Um, mm. All right, so I've got one more to go. Can okay, I think that's the only one from the offensive line. Mm. I think that's the only one from the offensive line. Don't I, uh, I don't think Ingram's been as bad. Oh, you know who I'm going to guess? K.J. Osborne. Wow, folks, a clean sweep. <laughs> A clean sweep, fifty-four point one on a zero to one hundred. Brandon Powell, by the Good way, stuff. is uh, sixty-four point three, ten points higher on this grading scale. Yeah, Ed Ingram was the fourth worst graded player, so he's been better than last year, but he still hasn't been right. Great by any so basically, your guards, your guards again have become a problem with Reisner. Yeah, he's not. I would say he's not like train wreck level. There's been some guys where it's like. Right. Train wreck. Yeah, level. you're not actively seeing it necessarily like when you're watching games. Yep. But it's not okay. a good grade. On the defensive side, where do I draw the line here? Let's go. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I got the defense. 
We got the defense. Judd hasn't even yeah, yeah. I was so, I was, I was so impressed by the by the work. I was like, oh my god, we still have another side of the ball. Let's go two hundred snaps. We'll draw the line at two hundred snaps. So that'll like Davenport is below that. Tonga is below that. Um, but most other guys that you would guess are going to be above that line. Okay. Daniel Hunter has to be top three. Daniel Hunter. I would hope. Oh, wow. He's fourth. not? He's fourth, and it's, dude, it's really. So Jordan Hicks, I'm going to give you one because I just said his name. I have to give it to you now. Jordan Hicks is third, so I just helped you. Wow. But Jordan Hicks is 76.7. Daniel Hunter, 76.6. Oh so Daniel Hunter misses by 0.1. Oh, my God. I've just been And I just, I just gave you Jordan Hicks because I, I don't want to give you that. I think you can get the next two, though, Judd. I don't, I don't. By the way, I don't have this list in front of me. I'm just looking at snap counts on Pro Football Reference. Cam Bynum, really good season. Feel like he grades out consistently. Yep, we've well. and we've kind of talked about him being yeah. high ranked among the safeties. He's the number one graded defensive player by far for the Vikings. Eighty five wow. grade on a zero That's to one hundred awesome. scale. Wow, great season for him. Good for him. That's awesome. All right, so I need one more. Mm-hmm. Top one more. Top three. Um, I'm just thinking out loud here. Uh, corner, but in fact, you know what? I think I figured out one of the worst. Um, cornerbacks, no. I kind of want to give Judd a hint on one I, of these. But yeah, I I'm a little surprised he didn't fire this first bullet, to be honest. Oh, really? Okay. I'm surprised. I'm surprised by that, actually. I'm okay. I'm thinking it's from. I'm thinking it's from the uh, uh, the safety pool. Because I'm trying to think de- defensive line. Hunter was my guess, but and Wanham's been nice statistically. I don't think he grades high a lot. I don't remember you saying his name a lot. Grading high. Um, defensive tackles, no way. Linebackers, you gave me Hicks and Pace has been up and down from a grading standpoint. So I feel like I'm looking at the back end. I feel like I'm in the back of the kitchen here. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it's either Harrison Smith or Josh Metellus. Uh, I have a couple strikes to work with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith is the one, two, three, four, fifth highest graded defensive okay. player with at least 200 snaps. Okay. 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 Oh, and, and I'm looking for one. Or no, I'm two. I'm looking we need, for two. Well, we're we're looking league. for one more top player no, and then three I, no, bottom. on the list. On the list. I'm saying... Bynum's oh, one the, se- on the, the second, list. the second best. I'm second. Yep. I'm looking for the second. Bynum one, Jordan Hicks three, Daniel Hunter four. We're looking for number two. Okay, Josh Metellus. Oh, that's why I would have fired right away. Wow. He's next after Harrison Smith. Now both Harrison Smith and Josh Metellus are highly graded. They're both over seventy. All right. On a zero to one hundred scale. All right. Let's get to it. I'll save you because I don't want to blow a name here because you got to give me the. Oh no, you're already out. You're out. Of, you're I'm out done. Of I'm done. It's uh, over. That's, it's over. It's, it's hard to tell uh, with this defense. Makai Blackman is the oh, second oh, highest graded defensive. Whoa! Oh, I, wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have got that. A seventy-seven point three grade on a zero to one hundred scale. Good for him. Great draft pick. Incredible, like under the radar performer this year. Wow. On the on the bottom end, the four worst in order from worst. Byron are, Murphy has to be one of them, right? He's the third worst. Yep. Okay. Okay. And then Dean Lowry Dean, and Pat yeah. Jones. Okay. Patrick Jones has been awful. A 34 yeah. grade on a 0 to 100. He only has 19 pressures 
on 257 pass rush snaps, too. I'd love to know internally, though, what they think of Murphy. Because, I mean, that that was one of their marquee signings, and he is not graded well, but he's also asked to do a lot. But here's the thing about Murphy. This, this is what's coming to light today. When they signed him, remember, we had a bunch of deep dive conversations about, like, what's he good at, what's he not, because he didn't grade out super well looking at the PFS. Right. But the one thing he was really good at is single coverage. One-on-one coverage was his thing. Yeah. I don't know that he's being asked to do a lot of that because the Vikings have the highest percentage of zone coverage in the NFL, Maybe. 70% zone coverage. Maybe. So did they did they did they sign a guy early in the process cuz they hired Flores in like late January and then they signed Byron Murphy and and does Flores then like later in the spring once the workouts start like then he starts concocting this new system if they could go back would they have signed a different cornerback I don't know that's what I'm interested Food for in. thought. So mm-hmm. I like it. So there you guys go. Hey, uh, cheers to uh, cheers to bye week here. Some good self-reflection. Hopefully you guys have gone out and loaded up on your favorite can of surly wing for the weekend. Judd. Well, but the good news is it's Tuesday. So if you haven't, there's plenty of time for before I die to be included uh, before Sunday's game or heck before the weekend festivities begin. Of course, our friends from surly brewing so many great beers. They've got uh, the furious, which I love. The Logic Bomb, which I was uh, actually enjoying last night, and then, as I said, Before I Die, because Before I Die speaks to the mission of every Vikings fan, and that is just one Super Bowl. But you know what I can assure you of? Anytime you want it, a Before I Die delicious beer from our friends at Surly Brewing. And then, of course, show us your cans, as always, on X. I'm at Jay Zolgad at Score North. Always love to see what you're drinking so show us those cans. Show us those cans. Also, hey, if you're dealing, maybe you're on the injured list this week. Maybe you're questionable. Maybe you're doubtful with whatever ailment it is. Knee, elbow, back, shoulder. Maybe you twisted an ankle on national TV last night. Oh, Summit Orthopedics is here to help you get better. No referrals are needed. They offer same-day appointments. And if you're really hurting, Summit Orthopedics offers walk-in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m., 25 locations in the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota and over 150 expert physicians to help you. Not all at once. Like the room isn't that big probably, but there's 150 physicians that would be options to help you. Learn more at summitortho.com. 150 people just come in the room. That's hey. It's like What's a clown car. It looks like your knee's got a little something. It's like a clown car. That's hey. Dr. Anderson, Dr. Bailey. Uh, learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com. So thank you guys for uh, for continuing on this wild roller coaster ride with us this season where the Vikings have just been all over the place. But they're sitting here. They're in playoff position. We're into December, December football, and we're with you every single day here on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.